Welcome to Chazon the Podcast. This episode is being shared as part of the series Sound the Call. Since his trip to COP26, the UN summit in Glasgow, Yakir has been meeting with global leaders to learn more about their work on the climate crisis. This episode originally aired as part of the series Shemitah Slowdown, produced by Wilderness Torah. You can learn more about Wilderness Torah and this series by reading the episode notes. Yakir was hosted by Rabbi Zayla Golden, the executive director of Wilderness Torah, and they discussed the role Shemitah and Jewish tradition can play to inspire action on the climate crisis, and they also touch on some of Yakir's takeaways from his time in Glasgow. Enjoy. Thank you uh, for joining us today. In this series, we're exploring the power of Shemitah, the year of release, the seventh year in the seven-year cycle, through live conversations with change makers across the Jewish world. My name is Rabbi Zeli Golden. I'm a founder and the executive director of Wilderness Torah, and I'm thrilled to welcome today's feature guest, Yakir Manella, CEO of Hazon and Pearlstone. Yakir will introduce, introduce himself in a moment. Um, and then I'm going to ask a few questions about Shemitah, and we'll discuss different aspects of this powerful cultural value that is at the foundation, we believe, of building a regenerative culture for this powerful and challenging time. And we'll give you uh, some time, uh, some opportunity to ask questions from our live stream audience. Uh, if you're joining us as viewers, you can use the live stream chat box to submit questions throughout the conversation. Wilderness Torah is thrilled to run the Shemitah Slowdown series as a way to share a spectrum of perspectives and practices around Shemitah. Shemitah means release in Hebrew. In the seventh year of a seven-year cycle, when the Jewish people are instructed, called to release the land, debt, and those who are in servitude. In our modern context, many are translating this year into a cultural opportunity to rest, renew, and transform. For Wilderness Torah, we're taking the Shemitah year to take stock, clarify our purpose, and plan for building the Center for Earth-Based Judaism in the next six years. We're preparing for the next uh, seven-year cycle to become a stronger, more unified, and more just and regenerative wilderness Torah. So Yakir, thank you so much for being our, uh, our uh, first uh, person on this series. And um, I'd love for you to take a moment and introduce yourself to our, our audience. Thank you, Zalig. It is great to be here with you. Uh, awesome program you're offering and, and really honored to be here. My name is Yakir Manella. I go by he, him pronouns coming here, coming to you from uh, Baltimore, Maryland, Piscataway and Susquehannock land uh, from the Pearlstone Center. Uh, and I am, as you, as you mentioned, uh, leading the Pearlstone Center and Chazon as we go through this powerful, uh, this merger uh, in the Jaffe world, Jewish outdoor food farming, environmental education world. Uh, really honored to partner with you and Wilderness Torah and so many other amazing leaders and organizations and efforts around the country. And more important than all that, I am a, an Abba. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a human being on planet Earth. And uh, grateful to be here with you. All right. Yakir, thanks so much for coming. So let's jump right in. And uh, what does Shemitah mean to you? and to your work. Uh, and I'm thinking Pearlstone, something very local, uh, farming, 
And then Hazon, something uh, national, international, you know, like uh, what, what is Shemitah for us at this time? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for listening up these questions. Um, you know, years ago, uh, somebody asked me, I was part of a group where somebody asked the question, how do you say Shemitah in Hebrew? I'm sorry, how do you say permaculture in Hebrew? Permaculture, this like integrate a holistic system of ecological design and uh, integrating food and energy and homesteading and social permaculture justice. And I said, not that this is the correct answer, but I said, Shmitaniut, uh, like Shmitanis, to me, like is is really so deeply uh, integrated and aligned with with permaculture, as our as our teacher and friend Yigal Deutscher says, like sabbatical culture, right? Um, and so for for me, um, you've been teaching a lot about this lately, thinking about you know what we what we see in the Torah is that it is an octave of Shabbat. We encounter Shabbat right away, right in Torah, the, the creation story culminates with Shabbat. Uh, it's this deep, powerful practice. Again, an ecological practice, letting, letting ourselves and, and everything rest, and a, a social practice of well-being for our communities. And Shemitah being this deep, like exponential octave of that on a deeper um, and higher time scale every seventh year. And it has such a radical uh, challenge to us, uh, again, ecologically, to let the land rest, and socially, to let the needy of our people eat, to forgive debt. Um, these are not small practices. These are big, big changes. And I don't know anywhere else in the Torah, Rabbi Zelig, maybe you do, but where it says, and when you ask, what will we eat? Like where else in the Torah does it say, we know you're not gonna believe that this is possible. <laughs> um, so, and when you ask, like, how is this gonna work? Don't worry, there will be, you know, a, a big harvest in the sixth year. So to me, it is intentionally challenging. Well, it does happen. And you might see it, yeah. um, it's related to mana, pre-Shabbat mana, where, where you know, um, we're not gonna eat on Shabbat. How's it gonna come when we get a double portion? Like, I, that's an interesting connection, the wilderness and wilding and how, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're told to trust in the seventh year just like with mm. mana, trust in the seventh day. And the mm. Mm. There's something about that sabbatical culture that is hard for us to like really step into, really believe that we can rest, that we can release and, and that we'll be okay, that that wholeness is there, but we've got to step through a certain portal, certain threshold, you know? So, so it's a challenge, it's an invitation. Um, and, and for me, you know, on a personal and, and family level, community level, it's really... It's, it's uh, again, a challenge and invitation to step back and say, like, what can I do differently? What can, how can we live differently fundamentally? Yeah. You know, um, something as small, but also as big for me as I've been living at Pearlstone as a retreat center and like being on call and like, haven't been able to, like, this is kind of small, but as a personal practice, okay? Um, I haven't been able to turn my phone off on Shabbat because what if there's an emergency? What do people need me? And starting this community year is also aligned with this merger my phone is off on Shabbat. I'm taking digital Sabbath. It is. It has been a deep move for me um, in in my personal practice. And you know, where can we all find like that next step to take in our personal well being? And and sort of stepping out of a personal realm and into sort of organizational realm. Just today, we had an awesome all staff meeting for Pearlstone and Zone, like 70 people from all around the country, kind of zooming in and sharing all the great work that's going on. Really awesome and to share you know, sort of the, the Shemitah work that we're like thinking about doing over the course of the year there's a piece of it that's about land that's about perennial and regenerative agriculture 
two farms, one in Baltimore, one in uh, uh, Connecticut at Pearlstone and at Isabel Friedman Adama. In both places, we're actually planting um, chestnut orchards. So really investing in perennial and regenerative agriculture and really looking to invest in that uh, as, a, as a landscape practice, as a, as a stewardship practice. Um, also really thinking about justice and equity practices aligned with Shemitah uh, and, and thinking about partnerships with uh, a variety of different institutions in Baltimore, New York, New England. And, and, and one particular practice we're, we're taking on is integrating uh, BIPOC pr uh, pricing structure, uh, different, different pricing and um, financial structure for uh, Black, Indigenous, and people of color in our networks and being intentional around that, um, continuing our emergency food response work. Uh, and then uh, most sort of obviously, you know, what does sabbatical culture mean for our team? How do we prioritize well-being and sustainability? How do we resist the culture of urgency in nonprofit life in our jobs? You know, how do we create this to be a sustainable uh, workplace? And those aren't easy questions, but those are the questions we're asking and we're going to work together to try to move, move forward. One specific thing we're, we're working on is we're going to create a new personnel policy for the organization because it's a merged organization. And we're really committed to integrating a sabbatical policy into that personnel policy for, for everybody. Uh, and we don't know what that, what that yet what that looks like, but we're going to be working on that too. Oh, man. We're working on that too, Wilderness Taurus. I'm inspired to hear how you do that. Me too. Trust, permaculture. What I, what I hear is like there's a there's a translation of some like ancient sacred law values that related to very specific land, and now we're like asking to translate it into our our current modern day lives. Um, I know you just returned from Scotland, and you were at Glasgow at the COP twenty six, and I can't imagine you weren't talking about shmitaniut like in the circles you ran. So what what do you think uh, shmita um, has to teach us about climate change and climate change resilience? And, and, and where does that fit into the moment we're in there? Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. This is, so this is the week post COP26. And I was there for the first week. I was home for the second week. Um, just been doing a lot of conversations about this uh, radio with several different Jewish organizations um, locally in Baltimore. And in each conversation, I'm starting with, because people want to hear about COP26, what was it like to be there? It actually, there were, there were not um, a preponderance of Jewish voices. It was like important to bring a Jewish voice to that space. There was an awesome Israeli delegation. They were, they were great. It was cool to connect with them. Um, uh, but it was, it was noticeable that in the faith, multi-faith leader sort of circles I was in, that was, uh, was, I was bringing the Jewish voice. I'm pr proud to do it. Um, and what I've said to, to folks about this is, you know, let's start by talking about Shemitah. Let's talk, start by talking about what, uh, what time we are in. And again, the challenge and invitation to step back and think differently, you know, think about Shemitah as like a radical social and ecological reset button on society. That's what, that's what I think, that's what I believe Shemitah is. I can't imagine a more uh, like powerful embodiment of, of that sort of Shemitah practice than what COP26, and just this moment around the climate crisis emergency, what it is, what we, what is, we are being called upon to face and work towards in climate justice, in resilience, in changing our economy and our society to something fundamentally different. Um, and we got a lot of work to do, but I think the, just the, the depth of, of change. And I, I will tell you that, um, 
part of what in a faith circle we were thinking about out, out, out there was, you know, there's such a focus on like the technological fix, switch out the coal fired power plants for the solar panels and windmills. And that'll, that'll do it. And that's important. It's totally necessary. And what we saw a lot of in and in Glasgow was nature-based solutions. You can't just like cover the earth with solar panels and windmills. You actually need forests. We need the rainforest. We need nature. We need that nature connection. And why is it that, that these solutions that we see are necessary and like science is proving it and it's even achievable. Why aren't we doing it? Because it's not just about a technological fix. We actually have to change our culture. This is a cultural, moral, spiritual crisis. Yeah. And I think that's really at the heart of this. And that's what Shemitah is like coming to invite us and challenge us to take on. Mm. I love drinking it. Well, uh, yuck here. It's awesome. Um, nature connection, like a la uh, climate change and Shemitah, um, you know, that's like, that rings a bell and that's kind of the center of wilderness Torah's work and our culture change work and our youth mentoring work. Um, I heard, and I keep on repeating this cause it kind of blew me away. Uh, Boris Johnson, um, you know, prime minister of the UK, um, was beating this drum, uh, leading up to cop 26 about, um, naming that, like the global society is an adolescent culture and it's time for global society to grow up, you know? And to put something other than themselves at the center and that we need to become adults and like get past this climate crisis. And I was like, yeah, Boris Johnson, what an unlikely bedfellow in like looking at uh, initiatory rights for human beings on planet Earth. Um, I was like just wildly excited about that. Um, and, I, and I love you talking about culture. And I'm curious what you'd say about what you'd say about and what would, what would you say to the youth about Shemitah? Like, what is the role of youth? And our relationship to youth vis-a-vis Shemitah, would you say? First of all, it's great to hear of your deep resonance with Boris. I know that you guys go way back. So yeah. might as well on that connection. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so nature connection here at, you know, out here at Pearlstone, as you know, we have this amazing program here, Farm and Forest School. Uh, and our kids have, have grown up just on the land, like, full deep day, deep, deep immersion in, you know, fire building and shelter building and wild edibles and tracking and like being in fellowship with the natural world and with creation. And when we've, you know, on like in those, in those programs and, and as the kids are growing up, sort of step back to have conversations about, and here's what's happening on, on a broader level in the natural world. You know, two things happen. One is that there's um, kind of disbelief, like when you are in family and community with the natural world, like we need so much more nature connection in order to protect and steward this natural world because it's just inconceivable to, to children and I think to adults too who have a real primary connection that we would allow this to happen. And the other thing is that, you know, there is real grief. There's real grief and, and we have to honor that. We have to hold space for that. Um, and it's, it's real, the climate anxiety is real. Um, and again, I think it speaks to uh, the, the spiritual nature of this crisis that we, we need to create a framework and a process and a community where we can hold that grief, hold that anxiety and hold like the hope and the resilience and being, being there and being in the march, like on Shabbat morning with people from all around the world and a lot of young people 
and singing and dancing and chanting with like anger and righteous indignation and like all of that together, you know, that is, I was emotionally overwhelmed, you know, like tears and, and, and laughter and song and like feeling all of that and just trying to hold youth and really also like really follow youth, really like empower that leadership and the Jewish youth climate movement. Like they're, that, those teen leaders are so inspiring to me because they see this, they see what's coming, you know, and, and they're not having it. They're like, you know, demanding change, demanding action. And they're doing it with, with like full hearts, you know, and faith that, that we can take this one step at a time. Um, so, I mean, I think the, the centering of youth leadership, the centering of indigenous leadership, the centering of women leadership in this moment is critical. Um, and I think, you know, the, the two things that President Obama said, I think particularly to youth was, was really moving for me. He said, I want you to stay angry. Like there is a place for that. I think if we are only angry, it's like, it's hard for ourselves. We can't like let ourselves get consumed by that. But that, that is an understandable sort of emotional place. And then the other, you know, he quoted Shakespeare. It was like, what wound, what wound ever did but heal by degrees, you know? And like allowing the place where we can, one step at a time, one day at a time, you know, step into what, what we can do. And I just feel like, I just feel like really full hearts, you know, all around, all around me in Glasgow and with you, with Wilderness Tour, with all the work that we're trying to do together. Just one day at a time, you know. You're on mute, brother. Sorry, let me ask you one more question. Um, yeah. And that is just translating this ancient, uh, sacred law this ancient admonishment coming from you know the deep wisdom of the torah like release the land every seven years Re you know release debts um and then there's the big you know yo veil um revert land ownership you know every 50 years after every seven cycles of seven and then yeah. there's the you know releasing those who are enslaved you know which was a literal thing then we still find that in the world today um you know, and it's, it's, you know, we, we have to take that into the world of equity. Like there's so many threads. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess I'm searching for, you know, um, what do we focus on? Mm -hmm. What do we focus on right now? So it's a hard question to ask and it's hard thing to, but what, you know, if you were to look down the road, you know, at the next Shemitah year, and I know we did this seven years ago, you know, we were mm -hmm. asking this question yeah. and I'm not sure, I'm not sure I'm satisfied with the results. And so I want to be a little more focused. Like, Mm -hmm. What would be one big change that we want to see coming out of the Shemitah and how would we embody it seven years from now? Mm. Yeah, not, not a small, not a small question. <laughs> I think, I think one thing I want to say is, you know, who, who are, who are we in, in that question really, really matters. Um, you know, Chazon is a, a national Jewish umbrella organization, you know, trying to lead a transformative movement to deeply weave sustainability into the fabric of Jewish life in order to create a healthier, more sustainable, and more equitable world for all. Gives us uh, an opportunity to work with some of the national Jewish organizations and umbrella organizations. And for that um, world, what we're trying to really move forward is every Every Jewish organization, every Jewish leader can and must step into action, step into climate action. And that's going to look different in every organization. Yeah. But there need, we believe and we see that there can and will be 
a uh, something close to a universal commitment moving forward. And I think that that is achievable and it really needs needs to be there. That's at um, in some ways that's like a lower bar, right? For for our for our world, people that are like, yeah, we see that, we got this. Um, now now where do we go from here? Like we're trying to act, right? And um, I think some of the some of the points you just made about you know Yovel and and uh, land release, uh, land return. Um, what does that mean for our relationships with native peoples with indigenous communities? Um, what does that mean for reparations work in the Jewish community? And I think there's a important emerging conversation in the Jaffe movement on these on these pieces, um, important partnerships that that Wilderness Torah has, that, that Pearlstone has, and uh, that we should be building and and really looking at um, what we can do further. And that's I don't think that's necessarily going to be the first place that some sort of mainstream legacy Jewish institutions are ready to go. But we have, our movement has always been sort of at the cutting edge of, of what these steps look like. So as we arm in arm, right, together in partnership can figure out how to step in, lean into those conversations, you know, that's that's how we can hopefully build, bring, bring you know, larger parts of the Jewish community uh, behind us. Um, so it's not gonna look the same, I think, for everybody. I know that's that's hard, but I think with, I think really it's about like how do we wrap our hands around this our arms around this as a society because it's really now time in a way that even the last Shemitah year I think there wasn't yet as much urgency and visibility and readiness for Boris Johnson to name that right like we're ready to move forward as a society and we need to in the next number of years really take action in a bunch of ways moving forward and I'm, I'm honored to be able to do it with you brother looking forward to it. Amen. Amen. Uh, Yakir, we're going to move towards close. And I just want to thank you, uh, you know, for your holistic thinking, for your deep commitment and for your leadership and um, no small thing. You've, you've now stepped into the role of both the CEO of Hazon um, and as well as Pearlstone supporting the merge of these two great organizations, one in Baltimore, one based in New York, and also with Falls Village, Connecticut, the, what we call the mothership. You know, I was an Adama fellow way back in 2006 um got a lot of my inspiration from that place and uh you know i want to thank you i want to thank you uh in your predecessors and i want to thank all your successors and all of us who are working on this movement but you're you're sitting in a really um important place right now and just thank you for your leadership and uh i want to thank uh everyone who's been watching online and um and i hope we continue and deepen this conversation and certainly uh, looking forward to partnering uh Yakir with Hazon and Pearlstone and the broader Jaffe movement that uh that we are we are cultivating. If you're interested in learning more about Yakir and about the work that Hazon is doing, please uh visit hazon.org as well as the Pearlstone Center uh on the outskirts of Baltimore, Maryland. Check out pearlstonecenter.org. They're doing amazing work. Uh and also please go to wildernesstorah.org and follow us on social media to learn more about how we are uh, slowing down, taking stock and transforming in the Shemitah year uh, and working on developing the Center for Earth-Based Judaism. One of our big answers to how to move forward uh, with climate resilience and cultural change. Please join us next time for another episode in our Shemitah Slowdown series. Until then, Lahitra Ot. Thank you for joining us. If you're interested in this series and other Chazon podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Chazon the Podcast to follow other programs in the Sound the Call series at COP26, visit chazon.org 
backslash COP26.